If you believe that tonight, I just want you to tell the Lord, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank, you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I receive it in the name of Jesus. And then say, this is my Bible. I have what it says I can have. I do what it says I can do. It is the living word of God. And I have received it. I have it all. I have not missed a thing. Tonight, a part of it will be set ablaze. I'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. We'll never be the same. In Jesus' holy name. And the church shouts out and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. And as our custom is, give God a good hand clap of praise for that. Now, in your Bible, I want you to turn first off to me. Go over to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 10. And then we're going to step back and we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter number 30. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 is a scripture that God gave to me uh, somewhere in September. And I preached on this message not long ago. And God said, this is a scripture for 2022. I want to advise you, if you would, go home tonight, tomorrow, when you got a little bit of time, take your piece of paper and write this verse out. Write it out in several different translations. Look at as many as you can find and write it out and put it on your bathroom mirror, your refrigerator, wherever it may be, and allow God on a daily basis to minister to you through this scripture. Because this is something wonderful that you need to hear. Amen. How many of you in your life you suffered through some things? Amen. Amen. How many of you are right now you're suffering through some stuff? Amen. Amen. God said in this scripture, and he spoke it to me, and he said, this is going to be one of the things that my spirit does in 2022 for my church. And I want you to hear this. It says, but the God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. All right, now. Someone shout out amen like you mean that tonight. God said to remind you, I am a God of all grace. He's got all the grace that you ever need in your life. Amen. amen. He said, I'm the God of all grace, and I have called you unto the glory that I have placed on the anointed one called yeah, Jesus. Yeah. In other words, you are anointed in the glory of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I got Jesus anointing on my life. Mm -hmm. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That Jesus said, those things that I do, you'll do greater because I go to my Father. And God said, I called you into the glory. I called you into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And then he says, after you've suffered, and that uh, actual uh, translation is a little while. Everybody holler out and say a little while. a little while. Not all the time, just a little while. Yeah. God said, just a little while, after you have suffered just a little while, then I am going to make you perfect. Glory. Tell your neighbor right beside him, say, you're going to grow up this year. That means you're going to get to maturity. That means you're going to talk like a mature Christian. That means you're going to act like a, like a true Christian. You're going to live like a true Christian. You're going to start studying the Word like a true Christian. You're going to be able to walk forward in the maturity of Almighty God Himself. And you're going to be able to do things that Jesus done and even greater. Because God said, I'm going to grow you to maturity this year. Amen. Praise the Lord. That, there's, that's enough word right there. We can go home tonight. Amen. He says there, I'm going to make you perfect. 
and then I'm going to establish you. Everybody, I'll tell your neighbor, say he's going to establish you. Right there, yeah, right there. That means he's going to set you in a firm place. He's going to set you on a foundation that hell ain't going to be able to walk away with. He's going to be able to send the flood and take you out. God said when a flood comes on you, he said, I'm going to raise up a standard against it. And he said, I'm going to establish you. I'm going to set you in some place and I'm going to show the devil in your territory that you are my child and that territory is my territory and the devil has no right to be in it. God's going to establish you. In 2022, can someone shout out amen? amen. Then he said, I'm going to strengthen you. Oh, hold your hand up and say, Lord, I need you to strengthen me. You see, when, when God strengthens you, all of that worry, all of those things that's causing you to have anxiety, all those things that's causing you not to sleep at night, all those things that's causing you to worry up on the daily basis, all your children is trying to drive you crazy and how the devil's trying to do it. God said, I'm going to strengthen you over all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm going to show you some strength that you ain't never had in your life. You might be strong at the start of 2022, but by the end of the 2022, you're going to be in maturity in the strength of God. God himself. Yeah. Someone shout out and say, Lord, I need your strength Lord, need in 2022. 2022. Then he said, I'm going to settle you out. Right. Turn to that and right beside him and say, he's going to calm you down. Mm -hmm. Some of us need to get calm, amen? Some of us all agitated all on the inside. We need God to show up in a mighty way and just settle us out a little bit, amen? Amen. So tonight, I need you to turn with me to 1 Samuel. I just wanted to remind you of that tonight because God said that promise is true. And Janice, God said to remind everyone, I am the God of all grace. To remind everyone, I have called you with the same anointing that is on Jesus' life. I've called you into the glory, his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And he said, I know that you're suffering for a little bit. That is, as time goes on and as the clock goes on and ticks in 2022, he said, that little while is going to be over with. That suffering is going to be over with. Then I'm going to come in there with you and I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to settle you. I'm going to make you perfect and I'm going to establish you. So what God is doing right now, hell don't want to see happen. That's why he's fighting. That's why he's coming against every country in the world here today yeah. with that, that virus out there. That's the reason why he's kicking up his heels. That's the reason why they had all these riots going on. It's not the people showing out. It is the demonic devils that are showing out That's and right. yelling and screaming That's because right. they know the Holy Ghost is on the way. Amen. Right. So tonight, God wants me to give you another encouraging word and get you happy because God said you don't need to be wore down and broken, busted down. I'm here tonight to share Thank with you, you that I'm here with you. I'm the God of all grace. I've called you. And when it's all said and done, you're going to be settled in the place that you need to be. We've been talking about we're going to take a move and we're going to be moving and all this stuff. God said, I'm going to cause you to move this year and settle you down right where I got you at. And I'm going to use you right where I need yeah, you. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Good work. So now let me teach to you a little bit before I preach my message. Is that all right? <laughs> Smile at somebody now and say, I'm going to get all this. Well, I'm going to tell you what, I hope you'll get it tonight. I really do because this thing really spoke to me. Verse number one, First Samuel chapter number 30, it said, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. And had taken the women captives that were therein, 
They slew not any, either great or small, but they carried them away and they went on their way. So David and his men, his mighty men, came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But, everybody holler out and say but. but. Say it again, say but. but. I always love that word, don't y'all? Amen. <laughs> but means it ain't over with yet. Amen. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Someone say that with me. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abathar, the priest, Amhimelech's son, he said, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought hither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord. Everybody say he inquired of the Lord. You might want to underline that because it's going to be real helpful tonight. And also that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You need to underline that too as well. He said that he went before the Lord and he inquired at the Lord. And he says, Lord, shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue. Everybody holler out and say, pursue. pursue. Find a neighbor right beside him and say, pursue. pursue. That's a command from the Lord for you tonight. Amen. He said, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fair, uh, fail, recover all. Underline that, recover all. After thou hast suffered a little while, then I'm going to make you perfect. I'm going to establish you. I'm going to strengthen you. And I'm going to settle you. After you have suffered a little while, you're going to recover all. Underline that and say, recover all. So David went, he and his 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Bazor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bazor. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread, and he did eat, and they made him to drink water, and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drank any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south, the Cherethites, and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, If you'll swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee to this company. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad, abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken 
out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Everybody look at me. The devil right now is having a party in hell for everything that he has stolen from you. He is throwing a big concert and a big festival because he has stole some stuff from Living Water Worship Center. And he has stole some stuff from God's house. And God said in 2022, that's been the suffering for a little while. But in 2022, I'm going to bring you back and make you perfect. I'm going to establish you. I'm going to settle you. I'm going to strengthen you because I am the God of all grace. And I have called you. And it's time for me to let everybody in your territory know that I am God and that I have given the glory of Jesus Christ in your life. And I have called you to walk forth in victory and stand in your territory and enforce the victory that Jesus won on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Now, boy, that's good at preaching right there. I could go to the house. Amen. And when he brought them down, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David spoke them from the twilight even into the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David, underlined this, recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. Right. Everyone say, we're about to recover it all. Recover it all. I'll get you happy before the end of the night. Amen. I promise. Because I'm happy about it myself. Amen. David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them. Neither small nor great, neither sons or daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. I'll get you there in a minute, Lord. I hear you. Amen. I hear you. Thank you. Thank you. And David took all the flocks. And the herds which they drave, bef drave before those other cattle and said, This is David's spoil. Underline that. And David came to the 200 men which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Bezor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them and then answered all the wicked men and men of Belial of those that went with David and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them all or any of the spoil that we have recovered. Save to every man will give his wife back and his children back that they may lead them away and depart from us because they're no good for us. Then David said, You shall not do so, my brethren, which that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For we, for who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. And it was so that the day forward that he made it a statue and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. And when David came to Ziklag, he sent of the spoil unto the elders of Judah, even to his friends, saying, Behold, a present for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. Underline that. Behold, a present for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. I hope some of y'all that are spiritual or not are, going, are beginning to see what God is trying to tell living water tonight. 
Verse 27 says, To them which were in Bethel, and to them which were in South Ramoth, and to them which were in Jatir, and to them that were in Aora, and to them which are in Sifmoth, and to them which are in Eshtemoah, and to them which were in Rachel, and to them which were in the cities of Jeremiah, and to them which were in the cities of the Kenites, and to them which were in Hormah, and to them which were in Chorosan, and to them which were in Achach, and to them which were in Hebron, and to all the places where David himself and his men were wont to haunt. Thank you. Turn to your neighbor here tonight and look at him and say, I will recover all. Now, there ain't a whole lot of conviction in your voice tonight, so I'm going to get you to say it again because you've got to believe what you say. I want you to look at somebody and say, I will recover all. Now, turn around to another and say, in case you didn't hear me, I will recover all. Now, go back to verse number one. I want you to see something about the Amalekites there. And before I do that, let me give you a definition for recover. You know, recover is a great word, but it's a word that we in English, we don't really fully understand. We don't get the whole meaning of it. So it's really helpful sometimes for you to understand what a word means when you say it because your words has got power. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. And when you know what you're saying, then you can raise your faith up a little bit and you say it a little bit stronger. And the word recover means that you are going to return to a normal state. You're going to return to a normal state of health. You're going to return to a normal state of mind. And you're going to return to a normal state of strength. And you're going to regain all of your possessions. And you're going to regain control of everything in your life. And you're going to make up for every loss in position or time or in substance that you have lost in your life. You are going to become healthy. And you're going to get over the illness and the injuries that the devil has put on you. Everything back that hell stole from you, and for once in your life, you're going to live a normal Christian life like you're supposed to. Now, everybody here tonight say, I will recover all. How many got some faith now? Amen. The Bible tells us as he writes the Old Testament in the New Testament it said it was written for a shadow unto us. And as we look at these stories, it is a shadow and a story unto us. So if we look into it, we can figure out what's going on in our life and what we must do in the situations that we are going to and have in our life. And I began to realize when I read this that the Amalekites are an enemy that we literally fight on a daily basis in our life. The word Amalekites means people that come in and lick up your possessions. People that come in and lick up everything you got. They come in and take everything that you have worked hard for. How many of in your life you have went out and you have labored and you have done all kinds of things and it looked like you finally was at a point where you were breakthrough you didn't have to work no more and it was going to be a little bit easier and all of a sudden all hell broke loose and everything you worked hard for was gone in just a few minutes. That was a demonic Amalekite that has showed up in your life and trying to take away everything that you had worked for. I want you to know I am sick and tired of working all my life and giving away to the enemy 
exactly what God has blessed me with, and I worked hard for. I am tired of fighting against the Amalekites in my life. And what I love about it is that God said in 2022, your suffering's going to be over with, and I'm going to strengthen you, establish you, settle you, and I am going to make you perfect in maturity, and I'm going to set you firm so that hell can't steal it from you no more. Amen. Everybody just holler out and say, I will recover all. Now, these Amalekites, they were descendants of Esau and his concubine by the name of Timnah. So they were relatives. Oh, help us, Lord. I'm going into your life now. They were relatives of Jacob. I want to tell you tonight, and I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you what Prophet Gray hadn't told her or talked about this, but she's telling what Prophet Gray that the biggest losses that we have ever suffered in our life is our family caused it, and we allowed it to happen. We gave away more money to our family than we've given away to each other. And God said it is your descendants and your family and the people that are related to you that causes this. So what that means is you are my brother and my sister in Christ. And the devil can use you in a demonic way to take away and lick up everything that God has blessed me with. But I want you to know I simply refuse in 2022 to allow any of y'all to walk in here with a broke down, beat down, busted down attitude and a bad situation disposition dragging your lips behind you because God ain't showed up for you yet. Because in 2022, when it's all said and done, it's going to be settled. And God's going to take care of it for us in 2022. If you believe that, shout out and say amen. Now, these descendants of Esau, they were taught to literally hate Jacob. I want you to smile at that person right beside me and say, I hope you love me. But you do realize that there is a very tiny little fine thin line between love and hate. One minute she says she can love me to death and I can love her to death and the next minute she hates me and I hate her. There is a thin line between love and hate. And one minute that same emotion that loves you can literally hate you in the next moment. Amen. And the Jews teach us that the Amalekites was the the Jews and Israel's greatest villain and the worst enemy that they ever faced in life. So we're going to be talking about an enemy tonight that has showed up in your life and he is the greatest enemy that the devil can use against you. And God is telling living water, I want to show you how to defeat him and to show you how to come out smelling like a rose and put him on the do less go and destroy him forever in your life so that you can be my child and enforce my victory in your territory. Am I helping anybody tonight? Say amen. Now, when Israel first crossed over Jordan into the promised land, this Amalekite, they were the first nation that waged war against Israel. The very time they went out and they camped out in Rephaim. And while they were sitting there in Rephaim, they weren't even going over to the Amalekites' territory. In fact, God had said that he wasn't going to take away the Amalekites' territory. He had told Joshua, he said, don't bother them. But while they were sitting there, wore all out, wore down. They had been in the wilderness for 40 years. They had just crossed over. They had just done all this marching all day long. And they come in and they sit down and they camp out in Rephaim and a Malachite comes and launches a surprise attack against the nation of Israel and literally wreaks havoc. 
How many of you, like I just said, in your life something just hit you broadsided? You didn't expect it. You didn't know it was coming. You never saw any sign that it was on the way. All you know is all of a sudden, bam, it showed up. And you didn't know what you'd done to deserve it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. It just showed up and literally wreaked havoc in your life. Am I talking to anybody tonight? Then this is the enemy that God has said has been in your life. And God is wanting to get rid of that. Amen? It was a vicious surprise attack. They didn't have a design to even go into their territory. They weren't supposed to even go over there. They weren't even headed in the direction. And because of what the Amalekites did, God made a promise, Angie, and he said to the nation of Israel, he said, I will completely wipe out the memory of all of these Amalekites. He says, I am going to raise war on that Amalekite for eternity. I will fight him, and I will come against him totally for you. He told him, he says, these people, they actually know me, but they have, in their own mind, made up their mind intentionally that they were not going to honor me and they were not going to live me. And it will live for me, and because of that, I'm gonna wipe them out. Mm, hear me now. This enemy that is in your life causing all this mess, Susan, with your children, causing all this mess in your finances, causing all this trouble in your health, causing all this trouble in the church, trying to hold back this church from growing. It's because hell has tried to come in with a demonic Amalekite, and God is saying, I've had enough of him, and now it's time for me to rise up, and I'm going to get them. And when I go to get them, you're going to recover everything that you've ever lost. I don't know about you, but I want to get some of the money back that I lost. I want to get some of my health back. I want to get the anointing back that I had in my life before. I want to be able to stand up in the victory and the power of the Holy Ghost and put hell on the run. And I want to do it under the power of Almighty God because this is my territory and I'm going to live in it and reign in it. Amen. Tell that person right beside me, say, you're going to recover it all in Jesus' name. So we pick up this text tonight. For 13 years now, David and his mighty men, they have been running around and running away from Saul. Saul's been trying to kill him. For 13 years, they've had no place. For 13 years, they've had no house. For 13 years, they've had no type of life whatsoever. And now, his followers were following him. They didn't have a place that they could rest. They had to sleep in caves. They had to sleep out on the dirt. They had nothing, and they had no place to call their own. I'm talking to somebody tonight. Amen. Amen. And David had had these men that was with him, and these men didn't have, they weren't married, most of them wouldn't. And if they were married, they'd had to leave their wife at home. They hadn't seen their children for I don't know how many, 13 years. They hadn't been able to really have a family life at all for 13 years. Somebody I'm talking to here tonight, you ain't been able to have a family life for many years in your life because of this demonic Amalekite. He's come in and destroyed your marriage. He's come in and he's destroyed your family. Your children are each other's throats. Everybody's against everybody. The devil has entered into your family and tried to take everything out and to do it. And for 13 years, these people did not have a family. They didn't have a house. They didn't have a place to go. They didn't have a bed to lay down in. They didn't have nothing. They didn't own nothing. And now, here, finally, a king has decided that he's going to give David a city. And when he gives him that city, David, for the first time in 13 years now, has a place to come call his own. How many of you has been blessed by the Lord? You got something you call your own now. Amen. Now these men, they won't marry. So they started getting married and they brought their wives 
in the zigzag and they began as a married couple does and they began to enjoy one another and they began to grow a family and those that were married sent and got their wife and their children and they come to zigzag because the first time in 13 years now Thelma they have got them a place they call their own yes. then they hear the Philistines call out to them and ask them to go fight in a battle so David gets all of his mighty men and they go out to fight the battle and because of jealousy amongst the Philistines, uh, the very Philistine, the one of the Lord of the Philistines says, you're all right with me, but everybody else is jealous of you. They don't trust you and they think that when you get out there and go to fight for us against our enemy, you're going to turn on us and defeat us. So we're going to send you back home and they had to leave off of the battlefield and come back home empty-handed. Anybody ever been home empty-handed? Yeah. When I, you didn't have a job that day and you come back home, they didn't want no job to bring no money into your house. Amen. Am I talking to anybody? Amen. Amen. So they returned empty-handed. And this Amalekite that is such an enemy that is vicious, while these 600 men were out fighting a war and there was no men in the city. It was just children and it was just women. No man to defend that city. This Amalekite, they wasn't even involved in the war at all. This Amalekite decides, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to be vicious and I'm going to destroy these 600 men's family. Yeah. How many of you love your family tonight? Amen. Amen. I mean, right now, if I went to your house right now and I took a gun and I walked in and I put it inside of your child's head and said for you to do so and so or I'd kill it, how many would just sit there and let me do it? You wouldn't do it, would you? How many would fight for your family? How many fight for your grandchildren? How many would fight for your aunts and your uncles and your nieces and your cousins and your grandfather and your grandmother? How many of you would fight for your church? Lord, I wish I better not shout out amen too loud right there. Well, I might have to get in your business tonight. Amen. <laughs> but all of a sudden, these boys, they come home, and they've been out there, and they've been walking all day long trying to get back home. And when they turn around into the corner, they look up, and they see smoke coming up away. And every house that they had built, every family that they had, their family won't there. This man went to run, go try to see where his wife was, and she won't there. He went running all around Ziklag trying to find his children and his grandchildren. They wasn't there. They went to run and trying to find his family and all of a sudden they began to realize that somebody had come in while they were gone and launched a surprise attack and it was a vicious attack and at that moment they didn't know if their wife was alive or their grandkids was alive or their children was alive so tonight if you went home right now this minute and you got some news and you didn't know that your grandchildren or your children were alive and you didn't have any way to find out they didn't have a cell phone back there they could call anybody and they want no police department to go send nobody out for welfare check, they were under the consideration that, hey, my children ain't here, my wife ain't here, my grandkids ain't here, my house has been burned down, everything I own is gone, all the cattle I've got is gone, everything that I have in my possession is gone, and immediately they realize they have hit rock bottom, and everything they've loved in life is gone. Yeah. Are y'all in that position tonight? Are you seeing what I'm talking about? What would you do? Chair, would you look there and always be smiling? Well, everything's gone. <laughs> no. These mighty men began to cry. The situation hit them so strong, Thelma. 
in grief over their wife, in grief over their children, in grief over their bank account, in grief over their money, in grief over their cattle, in grief over all this stuff. They began to cry and they cried 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 and they cried. Anybody here ever cried long enough that you turned out getting bitter? Smile at me, amen. You cried so long feeling sorry for yourself, you got bitter. And after a while, you started hunting for somebody to blame. And all of a sudden, the devil went through that ear camp and began to tell them, so you know, if I hadn't went out there and fought with David, this wouldn't have happened. If only David would have allowed me to stay here in Ziklag, maybe I could have warded all this off. If only the preacher would have done what the preacher's supposed to have done, then COVID wouldn't have come in here and killed 25 people. If only, if only, if only, if this one wasn't doing right, that one wasn't doing right. If he only would have done that, everything's all right. And they turned their allegiance on David at that point and now here's David with 600 men that he has took care of and he has literally had them with 13 years in them. He has provided them with everything they have. If it weren't for David, they wouldn't have had a house. If it weren't for David, they wouldn't have a wife. If it weren't for David, they wouldn't have no children. If it weren't for David, they wouldn't have no money. If it weren't for David, they wouldn't have no cattle. If it weren't for David, they wouldn't have nothing. And now they turn around and pick up stones and out of bitterness, they're ready to kill David. The very one that has been the blessing to them in their life. How many of you have ever, ever been in that situation where people turn on you? You've done everything you can do to help them. You sacrificed and gave stuff away from them. You cleaned out your bank account to make sure that they had what they needed. You hurt yourself. And then all of a sudden they treat you like you're their enemy. And after a while they treat you like you don't matter to them. If you were to die, they wouldn't even come to your funeral. In fact, I've had a lot of them say, I don't want you to come to my funeral. And I say, I'll be right there smiling. <laughs> what did you do in that situation? So many things can come into your mind at that time where you can do it. But I want you to understand as they were sitting there, what do you do when you get in a situation where all of your hopes have been crushed? There's some of you under the sound of my voice tonight. You worked hard. You went out and you worked hard. And you run them little sewing machine needles. And you've done that there all day long for many, many, many years. And you sit there and you got your back all messed up. And everything was aching in you. Every, every type of joint that there was in you was just aching and causing all kinds of problems. And that you had to go to work. And the reason why you were going to work is because you wanted that child of yours to have an education that you didn't have in your life. You wanted their life to be a little better than yours. What would you do if on the day that you finally paid for your child's education and you paid the tuition for them to go to that four-year college and on the day that they were supposed to go to that college, you got a phone call and they were dead. Great destruction. Great damage. Overwhelming shock and disbelief. Grief comes on the inside of you. What do you do when you sacrifice your whole life and your kid dies on the day that he's supposed to enter into college? It's not an easy situation to handle, is it? Let me give it kind of to your life here right quick. How about you take every light of your day, you give your whole body to that man, you give your whole body to that man, you work for that man, you keep his house clean, you go through him with his sick and thin, they won't pay him the bills, and you was out there and you were trying to sell this and sell that, and you were making dresses, and you were out there picking up little odd jobs to make sure that you met everything, and all of a sudden, he gets a windfall, and he gets a blessing from the Lord, and finances is finally over and done with, and he's a wealthy man now, and he walks in tonight, 
not, he says, pack your bags and get out. How many had that happen before? That grief is tough, isn't it? Amen. How about you put your wife through school and you struggle to get her through school and you're trying to get her to the point where she'll get her decree and she'll be making 10 times the amount of money that she's ever made in her life and you finally get her through school and in the middle of all that there, you wind up in an accident and in the middle of that accident, you don't even know if you can make ends meet but you labor and you make sure that you put that wife through school and the minute that they get out making all the money, they realize that they can make it without you and they give up on the marriage and they say, I can't be a wife no more. That's painful, isn't it? Amen. That husband of yours of 20 years finally gets wealthy and he turns around and leaves you for another woman. That's a hurtful thing. Amen. Let me tell you why that happens. Because the devil wants to wreak devastation in your life. He wants to keep you down all the time. I want you to look at verse number 6. The Bible says there in verse number 6, it says that David was greatly distressed. It said David was greatly distressed because the people spake a stone in him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. David was greatly distressed. That word distressed means he was squeezed out of shape by pressure. He was there in a tight spot. Anybody ever lived for many years in your life in a tight spot? Yeah. You were squeezed because of the pressure and you didn't act the way that you act before because it was squeezing you and molding you in a different way. Things used to didn't bother you, but because of the tight spot, the pressure that was there, it got all over and you wound up losing your temper and you said something that you shouldn't have said to the person that literally you love with all your heart and they took it to heart and you really didn't mean it at that time, but because they took it to the heart, now you're their mortal enemy and you don't have their friendship, you don't have their relationship anymore, you don't have nothing to fall on because you found yourself in a tight spot. You were squeezed out of who you were and they were ready now to key and now there are people that used to love you too death and they could care less if you lived again or not. Oh my God, am I helping anybody? Amen. What do you do in that situation? What do you do when everybody that you loved and you gave everything that you got in your life just packs up bags and they leave you alone and they leave you out there with nothing? You ain't got a car, you ain't got a house, you ain't got no money, you ain't got no job and you're out there trying to raise five kids right by yourself and nobody seems to care about what you're going through. The devil tells you, put a gun to your head, blow your brains out, get it over with. And you say, no, I can't do that there because if I do that there, I got all these kids that's going to have to live without me. So I got to be strong somehow or another. And David, the Bible says there that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And look at somebody and say, you got to encourage yourself. I can't preach you up, Susan. I can't make you feel better about what he is doing in your life. I can't do that there. But one thing you can do is you can encourage yourself in the Lord your God. You can think about where he used to have you at and where you are right now. You can think about what he done for you 10 years ago. And you can get happy about it. And you can raise a hallelujah right in the middle of your situation. And God began to do something with you. That word encourage himself means that he reached up and seized the strength of God. It won't his strength. There is a time in your life that your strength will not be able to pull you through. God said in Deuteronomy, he said, as your days are, so shall your strength be. And when he spoke it in the original language, he said, as your days are, my strength will be there with you. And if you learn how to seize and grab a hold of the strength of God, there ain't nothing that's going to hold you down, even when your whole family wants you dead. Amen. Sometimes you got to seize the strength of God because the strength you got in you, you're not going to be able to make it through the problem. Amen. Yeah. 
Some of y'all here tonight, you're going through some situation. Your children are driving you crazy. It seems like the more you do, the harder it becomes. It seems like that you're in a tight spot. You ain't the same person you were a month ago, two months ago, or three years ago. And you've been in a pressurized situation, a pressure cooker, and the devil's turning the heat up. But God told me to come tell you tonight, yeah, don't you give up on God. Because if you can learn how to grab a hold and seize the strength of God, his breath will blow down the cedars of Lebanon. His breath will come in and literally part the water so you can cross over on dry ground. My God's breath will show up and literally create something where there ain't nothing there. When God says, I've had enough in your life, He says, I'm going to get ready for you to recover everything you lost. And when you recover it, I will show everybody you're my child. And that suffering that you're going through will be over and I'll establish you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, seize the strength of God. Look at me. What's happened to you is horrible. I understand that. It was unfortunate. I know it hurt when that man got together and he walked out. I know it hurt when that man said, I don't want you as my wife anymore. I know it hurt when mama died. I know it when it hurt when daddy died. I know it hurt when your brother left way too early. I know it hurt when your sister-in-law left way too early. I know it hurt when mama ain't around no more. I know it hurt in your life when that woman left you and she don't want to be with you anymore. I know it hurt when you were carried to the courtroom and that woman sued you for custody of your children and threw that alimony and that child support on you. I knew it hurt when your children birthed them four or five kids and they went out on their happy-go-lucky way and got drunk and high all night long and here you are 60 years old and now you got to raise babies. I know that hurt and it was unfortunate in your life. Amen. But if you cry about it forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, you won't ever achieve anything. Because tears will not bring back what you lost. You can cry all day. It ain't going to bring back what you lost. It would hurt my feelings if all of y'all got together and packed your bags and didn't come back to church no more. But I ain't going to cry over you for the rest of my life. I have made up my mind that I love you, and if you can live without me, I can live without you. Amen. I ain't going to sit there and cry myself to the point to where I ain't got enough of power inside of me to even take another breath. I'm not going to get bitter and blame everybody else for what everybody else does. I can't help what that Amalekite done in your life, but one thing I can do is I can reach up and I can grab a hold and seize the strength of Almighty God, and I can move forward. I don't care what happened to you in your life. You might have married that they're healthy and that they're virile man, and he might not be healthy and virile right now, but my God said after you suffer a little while you're going to recover it all. You're going to have more than you had when you went in. Somebody in this house needs to give God a praise here. Amen. So I know one thing, Pastor Sissy. Only God can bring back what I lost. Tell your neighbor, say, seize the strength of God. He is your God. you got to reach up and grab a hold of His strength because if you try to make it through on your strength, you ain't going to make it. Amen. you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. you got to rise up in that zigzag in your life that's been burnt down and you got to be sitting there in those ashes and know that the ashes that you got there, all that is is what's left. But you can reach there and grab what's left because what God can use with the little
little bit in your life. Just like he told Moses, he said, you reach down there and you grab them ashes and you throw them up in the air. And he turned around and made them bugs to go in there and literally wreak havoc with Egypt. And God said for me to come tell you tonight, your Ziklag might be burnt down and your family might be going through chaotic situations. And you might not have seen your children. You might not have seen your husband. You might not even be able to talk to your children. But if you will encourage yourself in the Lord yeah. and seize the strength of Almighty God in the middle of your ashes, God will give you the instruction and the power and the strength to go forward and win the battle and recover it all. Amen. Tell that neighbor right beside you, say, rise up in them ashes. Seize the strength of the Lord because those ashes is what's left. And what God has left in your life is enough to take the devil out. You ain't got to have a whole lot of things. All you need is 1%. Y'all remember me saying that? All you need is just a little bit. All you need is a bride. A couple of loaves of bread and a couple of fishes. God said, I can take a little bit and I can use it. All I need is just somebody that knows how to grab hold of my strength. And if you'll grab hold of my strength, I'll show up for you. I'll go before you. I'll stand behind you. I'll stand to the right and the left, the top and the bottom of you all the time. And the devil will not be able to overtake you because I will put the anointing of recovery yeah, yeah. on your life and you will recover everything you want. I want you to just push somebody here tonight and say, I'm going to recover all that I want. God, I feel like preaching just a little bit. Amen. I want you to know tonight what you have lost can be recovered. Some of y'all had that in their grave, side service and buried and said it's over with. Some of you think in your life right now, well, I'm right at 70 years old and the devil come stole my marriage. I reckon I'm doomed to live right by myself for the rest of my life. Let me share with you. Quit listening to that Amalekite in your life. God's got that man for you that's going to strengthen your ministry, strengthen your finances, and the end result of you is going to be greater than the house before you. God is going to bless you in 2022 and it's going to change your life. Can anybody in this house receive what God is saying tonight? Amen. That that you lost, you can recover. That child can be recovered, amen? That brother can be recovered. That sister can be recovered. That wife, that mom, that dad, that car you lost, it can be recovered. That house that they come and carry it into foreclosure, it can be recovered because my God is a God of all gods, a king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords, and God can restore it all, amen? Yes, amen. Mm -hmm. Just say my heart out and say, I'm going to recover it all. I'm going to recover it all. So now God is going to tell you how to recover it. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all used to be happy and you act like you're sad all the time now. God's going to give you some stuff in 2022 that's going to make you happy again. All right. Oh, Lord, we're going to see Ned at 70 years old just dancing around like she did when she was 18. Right. God's going to make some people happy in the Lord. Amen. In verse number 7 and 8, I ain't going to read it all. What you need to understand is after you grab a hold of the strength of the Lord, you go before the Lord and you say, Lord, what am I to do? Am I to go forward or I'm to sit here? You're going to bring it to my house or do I need to go out there? And if you ask God for instruction, he will tell you exactly what you need to do. Amen. Tell your neighbor right beside you, say, don't you rush into a crisis without talking to God. You see, you can be in a crisis in your life, man. Everything's breaking down. And, and all your friends will start telling you everything that they think you need that's to do. That's right, that's right. Rose will be there telling you, Ben, this is what you need to do. You need to do this. You need to call that person. You need to go over here. You need to go do this and you need to go do that. And if you get caught up in what Rose wants you that's to do, right. you 
go out, you got to take it a little slow and inquire of the Lord and find out what God's got to say for you to do. Amen. Because then people that's with you, they grieve into. Rose, I'm telling you, when one person is sick in the house, everybody's sick. The pain that I go through in life, Trina goes through it too because she puts up with me every day. She knows some days is better than others. She's learning that when them days are, days are bad, leave them alone. Yeah. If he wants to talk to you, he'll talk to you. Don't make me try to talk to you when I ain't want to talk to you. I ain't feeling like it. You probably ain't going to like what I got to say. She's learning that. And that same way on the other side with her, we've learning things about that. But I want you to know that I have understood in my life that if I go before the Lord and I say, Lord, I need to know what you want me to do, when you want me to do it, and how you want me to do it, even when Pastor Sissy's telling me to do it this way, God's probably going to tell me to do it a different way. Amen. You've got to start taking out time to find out the mind of God. It ain't what the police wants you to do. It ain't what mama wants you to do. It ain't what grandma says for you to do. It's what God wants you to do. Amen. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to move out of that devastation that you found up That's in right. your life, you have got to learn how to listen to the voice of God yeah. and nobody else. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Why do you need to hear the voice of God? Because when God releases his voice, the voice of God will break every cedar that there is in Lebanon. He'll clear out the path before you. He'll put somebody in front of you that is studying to show themselves approved. And that word in the Greek means he stands there. He's a workman rightly dividing the word of truth. He's going out into a field that's literally like this with a bunch of trees over it. And as he knows the word of God, he's able to cut down them trees and level out the ground. We don't need to be here over there listening to everybody else because God needs to speak to you because when he speaks his voice will remove every difficulty that there is in your life and his voice will bring the victory that yeah, you need in yeah. your life. Look at your neighbor and say start hearing the word of God. Amen. When you go before the Lord and you ask him and you ask him what you need to do for instruction, you are inviting and enlisting his divine assistance in the battle at your ziklag. You're asking him to come in here and sit down on these ashes. Yes. Everybody just hold your hand up and say, Lord, Lord you Lord. see that fire burn up my ziplag. Yes, come in here. Sit down in my ashes with me. Tell me how to use these ashes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, I tell you what, if you'll get a hold of that there, you'll move along. Amen. Verse number nine there shares with you that David began to act on that, their instruction. Once God talks to you, you have got to obey the voice yes. of Almighty God. Amen. And I want you to know in life, it don't matter if sis is with you or not. It don't matter if Carol is with you or not. It don't matter if Tina approves with you or not. God is not concerned about numbers. He don't care if everybody goes with you, agrees with you or not. He can use 300 farmers like he did with Abraham to go against five kings to just bring Lot back out of captivity. He can use a 17-year-old boy with no military experience to stand before a giant with a little rock and a sling and take him down. My God can use anything. My God said there is no restraint in the ability of myself to deliver you. It don't matter who's with you or who ain't with you. All it takes is one man and God. One man and God that can win the victory. All it takes is one man and God to put hell on the road. So when God gives you instruction, follow that instruction and hold on to it regardless of how ridiculous it is. That's right. Amen. Well, I'm preaching pretty good tonight, Lord. I give you all the glory. I hope my people are here this day to move forward because, God, you're wanting to bring back into our life everything that hell is sold from living water. Amen. 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 Verse number 10. 
once you understand what God has said and what you need to do, you don't allow any discouragement to come in your That's life. Right. That's right. Thank you. Because when God speaks to Pastor Sissy, yes. it don't matter if Pastor Kip agrees or not. That's right. It don't matter if he discourages her or not. That is a vision from God and the voice of God. It is the voice of God that will remove the obstacles out of her life. It's not the prayer of the pastor. It's not the word of the pastor. It's not the support of the pastor. It is the strength of a God that can literally pull you out of the ashes and make you recover everything. Someone in this house, give God a good hand clap of prayer. And you can't be like them other 200 that was moved by what they seen and what they felt. A lot of times... When you're preaching, I don't feel nothing yeah. as far as in you and seeing things change in you. You can stand up here and preach for three years sometimes to the same person about the same problem and right. Carol, they'll get up every service and walk out of the church the same way that they came. So you can't be a food and be affected by what you see along the way. Because if you do, when you get to the brook of Bezor in your spiritual life, you're going to have to sit there and wait for somebody else to go win the battle yeah, so you can get yeah. blessed by what somebody else does in your life. I don't know about you. I'll take your blessing. Yeah, when you get blessed, I want part of the two. I'm greedy. I want every bit I can get. The one thing I found out in my life, there ain't no blessing no greater in my life. If I'm the one up under the spout of God when he pours it out and I'm in the right position. I don't want a residual blessing from pastors. I want my blessing that comes from God himself. Amen. Tell your neighbors, say, follow them instructions. Shut your ears to men. Shut your eyes to men. And go forward. Amen. Don't be moved. Now on the way that they were going there, Ned, as they were going out there, they run across this boy that was about to die. Now, if you just lost your husband, your wife, your children, all your house, every car you got, every bit of money you got, if you've lost everything you got and you don't know if you're going to get it back or not, and you run up with somebody about to die, are you really concerned about that person or not? Generally, in natural, no. You're more concerned about yourself. But something happened in the heart of David. David knew that you can't outgive God. He knew that that man was going to die. And if he hadn't stood in there and fed that man and gave him some water at that point in time, he'd have never made it through the day. But you know what? That very person, oh, y'all got to hear me now because this is the Spirit of God talking to you. The very person in your life that looked to be the weakest one and the weakest link, that's going to be the one that God is going to use to carry you into the enemy's camp and to win back everything you lost. So when you see somebody in your dilemma that you're going through, going through the same situation, don't you withhold what God has got you with. You bless them, and God will That's use right. them to bring That's your right. victory. I want you to know tonight, God is ready for this church to recover. Yes, sir. Smile at me if you're getting something out of this tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Help your brothers. Why? Because when you help your brother and your sister there, that man helped them secure the victory. That's right. That's right. Turn to your neighbor right beside him and say, I might need you down the road. Need you. And you might need me down the road. That's right. So let's do it like they've done it in the New Testament. What? Yours is mine. And what's mine is yours. 
my anointing, your anointing, your anointing is my anointing. And when we start acting that way, we can join everybody's anointing together. And when we join two anointing together, three anointing together, four anointing together, ten anointing together, we got all these angels of Almighty God coming down. And one angel can slay 186,000 men in one hour, in one night. And I believe to tell you here now, if we can all get together, hell won't know why. Hit them because we know without a shadow of a doubt that our God is the God that's got the strength to overtake him. And and we can walk right in the battle with nothing and walk out with way more than the devil even had when we walked in. Amen. Oh, my God, I'm preaching pretty good tonight. Lord, I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Then in verse number 17, David fought for 24 hours straight. He had already been traveling back to Ziklag. He was wore out. He was tired. He had cried. He was wore out. And he had traveled all day long to get where he was at, Angie. And he found what was going on, and he began to fight, and he fought for 24 hours. I want you to look at your neighbor here tonight, and I want you to tell them, say, it don't matter how low you are. Say it like you mean. Say, it don't matter how low you are. You still got some ashes left. They are. You still got some ashes left. You got some stuff left. You, know, you ain't lost everything, but God said, I'm going to give you everything that you do back. You see, if you ever in your life are going to have some restoration that comes in in your life, you're going to have to literally struggle like you've never struggled before. You're going to have to fight when you don't feel like fighting. You're going to have to go when you don't feel like going. You're going to have to get up out of that bed and come to church when it's time to come to church. you got to quit making excuses of how you can ride around all week long, but then you can't come to church on Wednesday night. You're telling God you're not important to me, but that job's too important to me. I'm here to tell you tonight, we're going to have to struggle like we ain't never struggled before. If you're going to have God restore back to you everything that you have lost yeah, because you yeah. didn't lose it in one day, but God said, I'll give it back to you in one day. And if you want to turn the tide on the enemy, you got to fight until you ain't got no more fight in you. Amen. Now I want you to look at verse 17 through 19. I'm going to read it all. Because if I do, I'll be here all night long. But there is an emphasis, a direct emphasis, a deliberate emphasis in there to literally emphasize the presence of David himself. Not the 400 men. David himself. It only mentions David. He didn't tell anybody that it was 400 men with him in those two verses. He talked about what David did. Amen? Amen. What he's talking about there is he's talking about the anointing that was on David's life. The anointing that was on David's life literally was what God used in these men and these 400 men that come in and literally rake the Amalekites over the coals. Amen? Amen. So you need not only to fight in your struggle, you need the anointing of the Lord in your life before any restoration can come in your life. And if you don't start getting the anointing of the Lord in your life, then you're never going to get out of them ashes. Amen? Amen. So before you can have restoration in your life, you got to begin to do some things. I want you to look at your neighbor right beside and say, do you really want God to let you recover it all this year? If you do, say amen. amen. Well, let me tell you how you get it back. Amen. Are you ready to get it back? Let me tell you how to get it back. You ready? You got to identify what you lost. First thing you got to do, you got to write down what you lost. You lost Bobby, so you need a man. Amen. She got a man. God, she don't know him yet, but she got a man. All right. <laughs> if you lost that car, you need another car. That's if you right. lost that job and you ain't making the money you was making 40 years ago, then you need another job. If your health ain't doing what it's supposed to do, then you need Amen. to get your health 
happy in your life. If you ain't happy no more like you used to be, you need to get happy that's again. Right. You that's need right. to write it down and you need to name it. So you can say, this is what I lost and this is what hell come and got from me and I'm going to get back yeah. what God yeah. gave me. Yeah. I want you to know every member that's in this church, your name is Val and everyone that's yeah. ever attended this church and I have claimed them and I said, they're not going anywhere. That's why when the devil puts that little thing in your mind that you're going to run somewhere else, yeah. oh, the Lord just sit on you all the time If it was money, you need to write down how much money the devil stole from you. Amen. If it was your property, you need to write it down. If it was your health, you need to write it down there. If it was your inheritance, you need to write it down there. If it was your marriage, you need to write that thing down. If it was that relationship, that friendship, you need to write it down. If you lost your spiritual life, your mind, your body, your heart, if you lost it, name it. And whatever you name can be found again. How do I know that? Because David... Recovered all. Everybody just say, I'm going to recover it all. Amen. Look at verse number 18. I want to show you something here. Lord, help me, Jesus. Amen. I, I get excited about the Bible. Amen. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And I want you to also notice that the recovered is used again down the road, and there's a different word for recovered down there, but I want to give you the meaning for the word recovered in verse number 18. The Hebrew word there for recovered means he snatched away what the Amalekites had stole from him. Everybody stand up with me right quick. Amen. You got to, you got to get up. You got to get up. You got to get up. All right. Amen. Now the devil's standing in front of you, and he's got something that's yours. How many kids you see fight when they got when they grab a hold of another boy's uh, toy and they start crumbling about it and fussing about it? What do them kids do? Give me my toy. They reach up there and they snatch that thing out of their hand. That word there, recovered all, means that David walked into that Amalekite camp there and he walked up to him and he said, that's mine, that's not That's yours. right, that's right. Somebody just look at somebody and snatch it away from them. Snatch it away from them. Act like you got You say, your action will cause things to happen. I want you to look at the devil and say, that's my money. That's my hill. That's my job. That's my car. That's my house. That's my marriage. That's my relationship. That's my church. That's my anointing. That's my joy. That's my deliverance. That's my power. You're not going to have it, devil. I'm coming and I'm snatching it away from you. Can you do it one more time, man? Just reach out there and snatch it away from you. What do them kids do after they snatch it away from them? They go running away from them, don't they? You need to start just running away from them. Now, now you got it. It's time for you to put it. You got to run away from that devil. It's time for you to lift up and put it down. It's time for you to put the devil's head up under your feet and crush you. Snatch it away and recover it all. Everybody just hold up your hand and say, I'm going to recover it all in Jesus' name. Means to snatch away. Everything... That the Amalekites took away. Oh my Lord, I wish I could get you a little bit more excited than what you are right now. Because God said everything you've lost in 60 years, I'm going to give it back to you in 2022. Yeah. Amen. Then he went on in that verse there and he said there was nothing lacking. As you sit down, I want you to tap somebody here tonight and say, I'm not going to lack anything. I'm not going to lack anything. 
Oh my God, can somebody say amen? Oh, I said, I understand. That means that this year you ain't going to lack no money. All right. Oh, this year you ain't going to lack no anointing. This year you ain't going to lack no power. This year you ain't going to lack no joy. This year you ain't going to lack no intelligence. This year you ain't going to lack nothing. You're going to have two cars. You're going to have two houses. This is the year God's going to give you more than you have in your life. This is the year you're not going to lack anything. And God said that you will not lack it from the biggest of you down to the little of you. So everybody turn around, look at Hambone and look at Joe and say you will not lack anything in 2022. Amen. Then I say, I'm going to recover it all. Sit down with me just a minute. I'm not going to show you something else. Verse 19. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, neither anything that had taken they had taken to them. David recovered all. Now that word recovered there is different than the one in verse 18. That means that he turned it back and brought it back to the previous state. Not just that he snatched it away and got it back in his possession. Okay. He brought it back to the house. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> that means your anointing is coming back to you and you carrying it back home. That means that money that you lost, you're carrying it back to your bank right. account. That means that car, that very car that you lost, it's going to start sitting in your driveway. Right. That means that house that you lost, if you want it bad enough, God said, I'll put you right back right. into the living room and you can decorate it the way you want to decorate it. to get what you lost back. Amen. Look at verse number 20. God said, I ain't going to stop there. Everybody, I'll say, God ain't going to stop there, devil. In verse number 20, it said, And David took all the flocks and the herds, and they drove them before those cattle, and said, This is David's spoil. God said, Not only this year in Genesis am I going to give you back everything that hell tried to take away from you, and every Amalekite that came in your life and took it out. I don't care what he took away. I'm giving every bit of that there to you, and everything that he bought using the stuff that he stole from you, you're going to take it from him, and you're going to be able to look up to God and to the Lord and say, This is Janice Wright's spoil, and I have whipped the devil, and here's what I got. I'm going to take the And I'm going to set it right in my driveway. I am going to have me a BMW, although I never bought one. I'm going to have me a 4,000 square foot house, even though I never had one before. Because everything that hell says to me, I'm going to bring it right back to my house. Mm. Are y'all glad you come to church tonight? Now let me share something with you. When God gives you everything you lost, that's yours. You use it the way you want to. I don't want that man. You keep it. 
frustration. And the reason why the church ain't walking in that is because nobody's telling them you got that power to do that. So I understand that it was kind of tough when all hell broke loose. I understand when you didn't know what had happened to your family and why they were acting the way. I understand all of that. But let me tell you something other. Don't you get nothing like all those other mighty men. Don't you get bitter and start taking it out on Janice because you wound up in that situation. That's right. That's right. Don't you start taking it out on Linda because Linda was close by when all that hell broke loose in your life. No, you rise up in your ashes and you grab a hold and seize the strength of Almighty God and you say, God, what do you have me to do? Do what God wants you to do. Right. And when you go into the enemy's camp, it'll make you mad to see what he's done with the stuff he stole from you. And when you see what he's got because he stole somebody from you, you'll make up your mind. I'm snatching yeah. a bit yeah. of the way and it's coming with me. Everybody just want to say it's coming with me in the name of Jesus. Come on. Lord, I wish I could preach just a little bit tonight. Amen. Can I finish up? Amen. Hold your hand up and say supernatural blessing in 2023. Say, I will recover it all. Then say, devil, this is my spoil. Seize the strength of the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Let me explain something to you as I close. Recovery is a powerful period in your life. Because in your recovery, you move past one stage into another. And as you're going through recovery, it is a sign to everybody that you have a problem and you know it. But you're doing what's necessary to fix That's it. That's right. That's right. We all got problems. We know it. Amen. Amen. Boy, I messed all up with problems. But at least I'm trying to fix it. That's right. And at least I know how to fix it. At least I know Kip can't fix right, it. Right, All yeah. I know, Ben, is that i got to reach up to somebody that's stronger than that other thing is in my life. And the only thing that's stronger than that other thing in my life is God himself. And if I can reach up there and grab a hold of his strength and see his strength for the day, and I hear him and open up my ears, God said, I will give you everything you lost and give you the spoil of the enemy, and you'll take it home and bless everybody in your life. Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Take unto you the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the girdle of truth. Put on the shoe of peace. Stand behind the shield of faith and grab a hold of the sword of the Spirit. And after you've done all that you can do to stand, stand in the strength of Almighty God. Oh, my God, can somebody preach with me here tonight? Amen. Now, as I close, turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Let me finish up. Lord, I hope I can finish this tonight because I'm happy. I feel the anointing of the Lord. Joe's happy too. Amen. Verse 28 through 31. We all get tired sometimes, don't we? Yes, sir. We get exhausted, don't we? Sometimes 6 o'clock rolls around on Sunday night and we don't really feel like coming to church because we are exhausted, chapter 40. We get tired. Sometimes in our life, we actually feel like we're about to die. But thank God that the God that we serve, his strength never weakens. Thank God his eyes never slumbers. Thank God he never goes to sleep. And thank God he's eternal. He'll never die.
Listen to what he said in verse 28. Isaiah chapter 40. Verse number 28. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. That means he don't lose strength and he don't go to sleep. There is no searching of his understanding. In other words, you'll never know everything about him. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up their wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Amen. God told me to finish up with this tonight and to tell you to look at the word there where it says God gives power to you. He says, when you're faint, you're wore out, you're tired, you're exhausted, you feel like you're going to die. He says, I give you power. That Hebrew word means he gives you the capacity at that time in your life at your very weakest to produce. He gives you the capacity and the ability to do what he says for you to do. God says in that hour when you don't have the substance to do what God wants you to do, he'll give you the substance that you need to do. When you don't have the money to do what God, what you need to do in your life, God said, I'll give you the wealth that you need to get it done. When you ain't got the things that you need to do to get your ministry up and rolling, God said, I will pour out from heaven the resources that you need in your life. But that word there means giving power there. It literally in the Hebrew means the power to stand. Everybody say, I got to have the power to stand. You see, when the devil comes against you and makes you faint and wants you to go to sleep, the first thing you want to do is lay down. But God said, I'm going to give you power when you're in this fight and you won't want to go lay down. I'll, I'll make you raise up. That's why he said in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 40, he says, Arise and shine. Yeah. Thy light has come. A brand new day has come. I want you to know right now there's a new day coming. It don't matter how dark it is on outside and how dark it is on the people. My God said, My glory will yeah. shine on thee in the brand new day. Amen. He says, I'm going to give power. I'll give you the capacity to produce the capacity and the ability to do what I need to do, the substance you need to do, the wealth that you need to have and to do, the resources and give you the power to stand. And he goes further and he says, I will give you might to those that don't have might. That word that says no, no, no might means you don't have any success. And I know under my voice tonight, some of y'all feel like you don't have any success. And that word also means no ability, no power, no wealth. It means to lack something that you need, to have an inability in your life to do something or an inability to go and have something and the inability to go out and search something that is unknown in your life. But God said, what I'll do when you're at that point where you're about ready to throw up your hands and you're about ready to walk away and accept things as, as they are, he said, I will rise up right then and I will give you my strength and I'll infuse you with the power of Almighty God and my strength to come in and produce and cause you to have the capacity to produce. I'll come and bring out of you an ability that you ain't never seen in your life. I'll bring out of you a substance and show you where a substance is that you've never been able to lay your hands on. I'll put money in in your bank account yeah. when you don't know where it comes from. I'll give you the resources in your life and I will literally cause the inability in your life to be out of your life so that I can get you to the point to where I will cause you to be strength and power in my strength yeah. and I'll raise you back yeah. up. Amen. Yeah. 
Now look what he said there. He says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The word wait there, we've got a misunderstanding of that. The word wait is not necessarily waiting on God. The word means those that seize his strength. Those that learn to be tied up with God's strength. To be bound to God's strength. I'm going to tell you there are times, Aunt Linda, when I'm behind this pulpit, when I step behind it, I don't feel like preaching. There are times I'm hurting so bad, I preach through a migraine where I couldn't even read my Bible. I know what it feels like sometimes not to have the strength to do it. But I've been able to bow my head right in front of the people and say, Lord, as your altar purges the gift of all the human dross, purge me of all human dross and use me in this hour. And God has used me, and I've stood behind this pulpit with pneumonia, and I have preached the word of God, and I didn't think I'd make it through it, but God gave it to me. Why? Because he says, if you wait on the Lord and grab a hold of his strength, then I will give you the strength to make it through. Amen. That word strength there means I'll increase your powerfulness. Now everybody here has got an anointing, amen? Yes. As you live on a daily basis, you have an anointing. Thelma has an anointing on her yes. life. But when the anointing is perfected for Betty, it's when Betty is the weakest she's ever been. God said, when you're the weakest you've ever been, yes. that's when I'll increase your powerfulness. When you don't feel like you can do anything, or if you did anything, it wouldn't be effective. That's what God wants you to do right then, Angie. What you don't even think that would be beneficial at that point in time, God will take that weakest thing that you can do and increase the power in your life. And that little thing will multiply in your life. That word for strength there means I will increase your powerfulness and multiply your numbers. Y'all hear me now. He said, I'm going to increase your powerfulness and I will multiply your numbers. At your weakest point, and when God will show out and let everybody know, I am a God that has strength to pull my people through. Just like on the Red Sea bank, when they were caught, they were at their weakest point, looked like they were going to die. God's breath separated and carried them through. I don't know about you, but in 2022, as I close tonight, I am going to recover it all. Stand with me right quick. I want you to look at that neighbor right beside you. Reach at him and say, I'm going to snatch it away from the enemy in the name of Jesus. I want you to snatch it away from him in the name of Jesus. Snatch it away right now. Snatch it away. Not only are you going to snatch it away, you're going to put it in your car. You're going to put it in your truck. You're going to go get some spiritual U-Haul trucks and you're going to fill them U-Haul trucks up. And you're going to carry it to a house that you ain't never had. And you're going to send it out there in your house and decorate it the way you want to decorate it. And you're going to start riding around in them cars that you didn't even buy. And you're going to live in houses you didn't even build. By the power of Almighty God, God said, this year you're going to recover it all in Jesus' name. This year. I don't even know if I, I could even close tonight. This is so good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Turn to my Aunt Linda and just say, God said you're going to recover it all. Whatever is in her heart right now, God said you're going to recover it all. All that pain that you went through in life, God said you're going to recover it all. Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, I have obeyed you. I've laid this word out. I brought it the way you brought it to my mind and how you brought it into my spirit. Father, and I know tonight that the anointing of God has been on it. 
Father, I release it into the hearts of these people. Father, now in the name of Jesus, if there was any human dross in it, Lord God, as the altar purchased that gift, clean it up before it hits their heart. Father, keep it ever present before their eyes, write it upon the tablets of their heart. Father, let them always be reminded, Lord, that you are a God that never sleeps, you never slumber, you never go to sleep, you never faint, you don't lose strength. And that, Lord, in the middle of our ashes, you're going to bring us out and we're going to come back with the spoil of the enemy. I thank you tonight for this word, Lord. I give you praise for what you're going to do. Father, I give you glory in the name of Jesus. Use it in a mighty way in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I want to add this and I'll let you go. As David got all the spoil and he came back to Ziklag. Listen, listen. Came back to Ziklag. Every mighty man, all 600 of them, they built their house back. They went, they come back with all the cattle, they come back with all the kind, they come back with everything that the Amalekites had, and they had more cattle than they had, they had more goats than they had, they had more money than they had, they had more gold, more silver than they had. And after they rebuilt everything that the enemy tore down, David sat down and said, you know what, I got to bless about 15 different people. And he started writing checks and sending it out to them and said, now here's a present from the Lord. What God is about to do for each and every one of y'all here tonight in 2022 is he is going to restore everything you lost. He's going to help you build everything back that you lost. And when you finish building it all, you're going to look in your life and say, hey, I've got way more than I ever had in my life and way more than I need. And because of that, then I'm going to bless Angie and I'm going to bless here. And finally, I'm going to bless my preacher. I'm just going to make sure he's been blessed. In the name of Jesus. Hug and shake your hand. God bless you for coming. And everybody holler out and say, I'm going to recover it all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Have a week. And we'll see you again. God bless you. Tomorrow morning, y'all going to have prayer tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. 10.30 tomorrow morning, Friday night, 6 o'clock. Be here and be ready or beware. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless all of you. Yeah, just put it on like 64 or something like that right. I got it on in the other one over there too. Let me make sure that's turned off.